Hello everyone, I'm Jen and welcome to another episode of Monogamish Pod. On this week's episode, I'm not actually talking about anything serious. I should probably tell you what's going on, right? I've debated a lot about the last episode actually being the season finale unintentionally. And by unintentionally, I mean it wasn't planned, but it felt good. Because I was in my feelings. I had a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, thinking about um, how we choose to support and compensate people. And if you're on my Patreon, I've expounded a lot on this. But I will say that one would think the call to action that was given in that last episode would have resulted in a lot more communication. And there wasn't. And so I was disappointed for a bit. I was like, ah, fuck this. I should just be over the podcast. And that's not something I want to do right now. But I think that this season in particular has taught me as I've gotten into a new rhythm of work, trying to get back into this quote unquote post pandemic life, that there are things that need to change with how I'm approaching the podcast. So for seasons one and two, it was pretty much weekly with very few breaks in between. Um, For season three, I've tried to do every other week just to kind of give myself a break and also let room for the content to sit because we were doing so many deep conversations this season, so many deep, meaningful, interesting conversations. And the episode is shorter, right? It's much shorter compared to previous seasons where I think first season and one went up to 30, 30 episodes actually. So I had a lot of feelings about that and how I wanted the show to continue on or to go out with the season. And I officially decided, okay, I'm so close to hitting 100 episodes. That's going to be the season finale. Whenever I hit the 100th episode, that is a season finale of season three. So you know that's coming. One thing, fun down the line. I I have a lot of ideas for how I want that to look like. I thought about doing like a lot of past guests coming back, sharing some tidbits, just having great conversation. I thought about having one particular person back on as a guest host talking about other things. I thought about keeping it like a normal episode, just having it be like something, the most serious thing we've ever talked about or however I want to phrase it. But at the end of the day, the 100th episode will be the end of season three. That's for sure. And then season four will be a whole different format of what's been in seasons one and two and also season three. Because I realized while doing this that, yeah, my work life is really restrictive in a lot of ways. Like I have a lot of flexibility. I have a lot of free time, but also it's very hard to schedule a lot of things around just being like so many dead days. Like just some days are just kind of like, yeah, no, I, there's like half of the month where I just am unavailable to do anything. And so I might need to shift my approach a bit. I'm not going to say what it is yet. Cause I'm still working that out. But whenever the 100th episode happens, I will be going on a hiatus again or a break, so to speak, probably for a couple of months and then come back. Season four, of course, we'll have a brand new trailer. Things will be clear, clear about what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do. And of course, I'm incorporating the conversation that I had with Sinead Jackson Kendall about how we financially support polyamorous creators in the community. So all of that is a part of it and what I'm thinking of going forward. And I'm really, really having a lot of conversations with people who've been doing podcasting for longer than I have or in a different way than I have and coming to kind of a way in which I want to do the thing. Cause I still want to make monogamish pod. That's something you should never worry about. I always want to make monogamish pod. I just want to make it the best version that it can be. And I'm having 
a small identity crisis trying to figure out what that is. And without feedback from the audience and I mean, everyone's just like, oh my God, I love the podcast, but like critical feedback, like critical engagement. Tell me the sound sucks. Tell me this topic is stupid. I don't know. <laughs> just like, it's, it's so hard to figure out the best way to present this information. And I'm not a social media girly. If you know me, you know that. I'm not the one who's going to be posting reels and, and, and like posts and stuff like that all the time. That's not me. That's not how I operate. But there, there are things that I do want to do more of and want to try my hand at. And so you will find some changes happening, especially like for the latter part of season three, the break that's going to happen to season three and four and then season four. And I, I can tell you that it's a different format for the podcast than I've had this whole time. That I can say 100% is going to be different in a lot of ways. And I may lose listeners. I may lose listeners, but you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I need to be able to put out the best version of the podcast that I can. And I also need to be the best version of me that I can. So both of things have to work together because there is only one me. Sadly, I looked into cloning. It didn't work out, but you know, there's only one me. So we're going to make this work the way it's intended to. So, whew, gotten that heavy shit off my chest. <laughs> it's time to talk about what I'm really here to talk about. Criminal minds. I know what you're thinking. Is Criminal Minds some kind of polyamory terminology? No, it's not. I mean, the actual TV show, Criminal Minds. I've been watching it a lot recently. I started season one, I think. I'd, I'd never seen the show before, like not ever, not a single episode. So I started season one, probably, I think like the first of September, in that first couple days of September. And now I'm in season three, like halfway through season three. And I've been seeing a lot of things, a lot of things in Criminal Minds. And I have a lot of thoughts about the, the team at the BAU. And I want to talk about them with you all because it's kind of poly related, right? It's kind of poly related. And there's, there's some kinky shit happening there. Maybe there are things occurring. If you watch Criminal Minds, then you probably know what I'm talking about. But if you don't watch Criminal Minds, it's a cop show. I don't generally watch cop shows, but it's a cop show. It's about a behavioral analysis unit, which is like, you know, profilers with the FBI who help solve like big cases. So serial killers mostly. And one of the most noted things about the intro for Criminal Minds is that they're using actual serial killer mugshots. A little disconcerting. I also watch Criminal Minds to fall asleep. So what does that say about me? But I'm not a murder crime podcast, girly. I don't know what it is about this show that I like. Actually, I do know what it is. It's about the relationships between the members of the team. That's why I'm here. That's actually why I'm here. So let's start at the beginning. Criminal Minds, season one. So we meet the team at the BAU. You have Dr. Spencer Reed, who's like 24 years old. He's a baby at this point. You have Jason Gideon, who's a former BAU specialist who's like come back on the team. You have, uh, what is Hoshner's first name? Aaron, Aaron Hoshner. He is like the head of the unit, so to speak. He like corrals everyone. You have Derek Morgan, who's played by Shamar Moore. Thank you very much. I need to say nothing else. <laughs> but he's also an analyst. Uh, you have Penelope Garcia. She's their tech analyst. And then you have this chick named Elle. Elle is only in like season one, like the couple episodes of season two. She's not that important to me. To me. And I will explain why. So in watching season one of Criminal Minds, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of like a weird family dynamic, right? Except for Garcia and Morgan, which I will go into further. So, you know, Jason Gideon is the mom. 
he he's the mom of the group. He's like caring for people's emotional well-being, whatever. And, and this is traditionally based on the gender roles we ascribe to mothers and fathers, right? This is not like a thing about Gideon or the actor who plays Gideon, Mandy Patinkin in person. This is just a, a mob role. And then you have Aaron Hoshner, who's the dad, like the gruff, stern, follow the rules kind of thing. So mom is the more nurturing one. And dad's like, you're breaking the rules. You're going to get a, you know, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to sit in the naughty corner or some shit, right? Then they have their kids. (laughs) So mom, dad, and the kids. So the kids are, Reed and Morgan are like brothers. They're absolutely brothers. It doesn't matter that Spencer Reed is white and that Derek Morgan is black. They're brothers. Can't tell me nothing. They're totally related. Like, Morgan is the big brother, Reed's the little brother, and he takes care of him in a way. They have that great dynamic, the great interplay, right? Then you have Agent Jarreau, who I didn't really mention before, but I'll mention her. So Agent Jarreau's like the big sister. She's the one that's kind of like in charge of everyone, really. Like she's the one that makes sure mom and dad are doing everything in line, takes care of the kids, makes sure we're checking in, like, are y'all okay? And then this time, Spencer has a crush on JJ, Jennifer Jarreau. And season one, season one specifically. And obviously Spencer and JJ are not related. Like JJ for sure, Morgan's biological sister, but not Spencer's biological sister. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you have a crush on your cousin when you're really young and like you don't realize they're related to you and you shouldn't do that because you think they're cool. That's what that is. It's kind of like a, you know, she's not his cousin, but like, they're not siblings, you know? And then there's Garcia, Garcia, the tech analyst. She and Morgan are in a DS dynamic. I know you're looking at me like, girl, what? Listen, he is a daddy and that's his baby girl. He calls her baby girl. Like throughout the whole series, when they're on there, it's like, you know, if you don't behave, I'm going to spank you. Oh, you know what? I, like, hello, all this innuendo. Garcia is not related to these people. She is Morgan's bestie. She is the gr- she's the girl you should be worried about if you try to date Morgan. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing romantic going on between them. It's very clearly not romantic. However, however, it is intimate and it is kinky. Don't try to debate me. You'll be wrong. You're wrong. I'm just saying. If you disagree with me, you're wrong. Period. So L joins the team. And it's like, okay, who is this L person? Whatever. We'll make this work. L is your weird cousin that, like, your parents make live with you. And she's trying to figure things out. Like, she fits in, but like, she doesn't really fit in. She's, like, a little awkward. Elle's the weird cousin who lives with you to go to high school in the big city. That's who she is. And that's okay. You know, we all have that weird cousin. We all have the weird cousin. It is totally okay. But she doesn't quite fit in. And then, of course, spoilers for Criminal Minds. You see Elle kind of get shot and then goes a little bit cuckoo and then murders the suspect and disappears. Uh, she resigns officially, but, you know, she's, kind of, she's gone very early into season two. So who cares about her anymore? And then after Elle leaves, we get Emily Prentice. Emily Prentice is family. She's in the group. It's a weird start, but Emily Prentice is in the group. She's there together. Okay. They go together. She rounds out this family in the best possible way. You can tell she kind of has a crush on Morgan in the beginning, but it's because he's that cool older sip. He's cool. You know, he's like really, really cool. 
And so they have a lot of the same interests. They're figuring things out. He was actually like paired with El Garcia. No. What was El's last name? It'll come to me eventually. He was paired with El a lot in a lot of these earlier seasons. So he would have been the one most resistant to Emily Prentice arriving. But he, she family. She, she in the group. She, she rounds out the team. She rounds out the team. She's a part of it. It's all great. And then, you know, Gideon leaves. Another spoiler. He eventually gets murdered. Who gives a fuck about that? But David Rossi comes in. Now, I remember I just started watching the show. I'm midway through season three. I don't know Rossi that well yet. But he comes across more as a dad vibe in this moment. Like in the, when he's introduced, Rossi is the stepdad coming in kind of like things should go my way. I'm kind of authoritarian kind of vibes. Like he's the new dad of the group. He's the stepdad. It's obvious. And everyone's like, mm, I don't want to talk with dad like that. Why is he trying to boss me around? He's not my dad. He's not my mom. He can't control my life. You can see it. Okay. This very like resistant change that's happening when Rossi enters the team. Obviously I know he becomes a much more integral part of the team. Things get way better, but Rossi's the stepdad in this moment. He's like, uh, okay. Like, you know, when you get a step parent, maybe you don't know. Like you're trying to debate if you're young, like, do you call them mom or dad? Or like you call them uncle something, you call them by their first name. It's weird. So David is David. He's your stepdad, but he's David. But at the same time, you see Hodge kind of shifting into a more, you know, maternal role because mom's gone. Gideon's gone. So Hodge kind of has to play mom and dad at the same time. And I suppose it's something he was doing before Gideon came back on the team, but probably not well. Probably not well. So those are my thoughts at the moment. At the moment, season three, like episode 10 or 12 or something of Criminal Minds. This is where we're at. (laughs) Okay. I do know the spoilers about the show. I do know the show goes in different directions. I know there's a point where JJ tells Spencer she's in love with him in like season like 14 or something after she's married to a guy and has kids and Spencer is her kid's godfather. It's not canon. I don't care what the show says. It didn't happen. It's not real. At that point, it's weird. It's like fucking your cousin. It's weird. And you know, if you want to fuck your cousin, that's your thing. I don't kink shame, but like also, it's a little weird. It's like fucking your first cousin, you know? I'm in love with you, she cries to her first cousin. I'm looking at Spencer like, dude, you better not. And yeah, Gideon does die later on. And then you find out like, of course, like, you know, he sent Rossi to join the team because he had to leave. So the team needed a new mom. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. A lot of things happen. I'm aware of the show Criminal Minds. Like I said, I just never watched it before. So I'm seeing a lot of stuff that was never something that was on my radar in the first place, in the beginning. So just just starting there. Just stating that fact. You know? Okay. That's really why I brought you here, to listen to me talk about Criminal Minds. But the most important thing about Criminal Minds is Morgan and Garcia's DS dynamic. Because you can't tell me. You can't tell me it's not. You can't tell me it's not. Like, when Garcia gets shot, again, obviously it's going to be spoilers for Criminal Minds, when Garcia gets shot and she wakes up in the hospital after the surgery and her almost dying and Derek is at her bedside, she apologizes to him for going on a date with the guy who shot her. Yes, it was a date. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, why are you apologizing to this man? You know, you did it to be spiteful, but you were being a brat. Penelope's kind of a bratty. She's kind of like bratty in a little way. 
okay, fine. It's it's no problem. It's no problem, right? Shout out to you, Garcia. You do whatever you want to do. But when she starts dating Kevin, who is her partner for a long period of time in the show for several seasons, when she starts dating Kevin, it's like, <laughs> and everyone finds out. And Derek is like, what about Kevin? What about Garcia and Kevin? And he storms off. And you know he's going to Garcia's office like, baby girl, who is this man? How are you dating a man right now? And they're not having a sexual DS dynamic. They're not having a rom. Well, I guess it would be considered romantic to some people how Morgan and Garcia relate to each other. But again, it ties into greater definitions of what is your definition of romance, et cetera, et cetera. But it's definitely not sexual. They're not fucking. It's obvious they're not fucking. But that is his baby girl. And she is his. That is his baby girl. And he's her chocolate thunder. <laughs> and so I've seen the clip from like season nine, episode 12, where there is like a sexual harassment seminar that has to take place. And so there's a, I guess the line she said where she'd be the cocoa to his iced tea. And I cracked up. I was like fucking hilarious. Like so fantastic. And then it made me wonder if cocoa and iced tea are in a DS dynamic. Cause that, <laughs> that's a whole thing. But I, I don't think the show does this intentionally. Do you think the show did it intentionally? Do you think the show did it intentionally? I need to know. And if you were a Criminal Minds fan and you have this information, I need you to let me know. I need you to let me know about Morgan and Garcia and them being in this DS dynamic because that's what I re- that's all I want to be here to talk about. I'm, I'm literally going to waste your time on this podcast episode because I want to talk about that. <laughs> I want to talk about that. <laughs> this episode is, is kind of fun. It's not like as serious as the topics I've been covering. It's not as heartbreaking in a lot of ways. I mean, a show about serial killers is definitely <laughs> heartbreaking, but exploring the DS dynamic in that show is not. It's a great thing. Let's keep doing that. So that's part one of what I want to talk to you about. Part two is actually about the fact that words mean things. And so Shanae and I say that all the time, that words mean things. And it's never been more apparent to me than in the past couple of weeks, especially like now we're going through a Mercury retrograde, that people don't think words mean things and they keep making up definitions for their words. And of course, words are all made up, right? Like you got to make up definitions for them. But if there are established definitions for words and how people engage with those words and the things that they do when they say they're doing those words, why are we trying to create new shit? Why are we trying to create new shit for the same word? Here's what I'm talking about. And... If you were in any of these Facebook groups and you know you see this post or whatever, just I'm not calling names here. There's a post that was made in a group that I'm a part of on Facebook, a polyamorous group. And the question was about friends with benefits without the benefit of sex. And that's something people would be interested in. And when I read this question, I was terribly perplexed. Because friends with benefits is friends with fucking right? Like, let's be honest. It's friends with sex. The benefit is sex. That's the benefit. So when you start talking about non-sexual friends with benefits, you just mean friendship. You just mean friendship. And I am perplexed as to how you can call someone a friend with benefit if you're not actually receiving the benefit that the, 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 the statement promises. Like, how does that work? Exactly. And again, this is leaving room for asexual people because as far as I know, asexual people don't go around calling other people they're not fucking friends with benefits. Like that's, do you not see that that's weird? And some people were like, oh yeah, I'd love this. Give me a non-sexual friends with benefits any day. And I'm like, friends, you mean friends. Do y'all not have friends? 
Do you not have friends? Is that what the problem is? The people are out here just not having friends. And so they don't understand that friends with benefits is not just a rando you have sex with, but someone who's actually your friend that you have sex with, that you engage in sexual contact with. I don't, I don't understand this. I need, I need some clarity. Like, am I, am I, am I nuts? Like, am I viewing this the wrong way? I thought we all understood what the word meant. Friends with benefits. Friends who have sex. The sex is the benefit. I'm just, the sex is the benefit. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And people who are genuinely debating this thing, like, oh yeah, I want this. I want, I want this kind of dynamic. And I'm like, but the, the word means a thing. And now you're choosing to redefine the word to your own subtle thing that's specific only to you. That's not, that's not how that works. And <laughs> it's why someone says they're polyamorous or non-monogamous. You've got to ask detailed questions, right? Because even though the word means a thing, people don't always mean the same thing with the word. So you got to ask clarifying questions when you're entering into relationships with people. So if you call someone a partner or someone calls someone else a partner, I always have to ask, what does a partner mean to you? Because like Shanae and I have said, a partner is someone you do life with. I have a partner. Wifey is my partner. And we admit that. And she's my platonic life partner or whatever we want to define that as. But she is my partner. We do do life together. So I just, I don't know. Are y'all okay? Are you okay? Because I just can't. Definitions can change over time, but something that's only specific to you when your dynamic is not going to shift the cultural, colloquial, dictionary definition of a word. And the fact that with every single person I meet, no matter if they're heterosexual, homosexual, if they're monogamous, non-monogamous, if they're anything in between, all of those things that I mentioned, I got to ask clarifying questions about what predefined terms mean to them. And it makes me wonder why. And again, this seems kind of like, you know, bitchy or whatever, but I genuinely do want to know why. Why do we not accept some definitions as simple as they are? Is this a thing of bucking, you know, mononormativity, bucking the patriarchy? Because most of these things are bucking are not really tied to either of those things, right? It's not about either of those things. It's just like, oh, well, I don't like how this word defines in this way. So for me, it means X. I'm all about reclaiming certain verbiage, about being taken off of the escalator of different situations and dynamics and trying to, you know, fit into certain niche norms that are as a result of colonialism, et cetera. But come on now, come on now, come, come on now. Come on. <laughs> come on. Like, stop, stop. It's not stop. We don't do this. So yeah, that, that's what today's episode's about. It's about criminal minds and words meaning things. And I want to know your thoughts. 
about both of those things. So I'm going to do polls on the Spotify. You have to look at it. Spotify on the app on your phone. It doesn't work on the app on your computer. It doesn't work in like Spotify for web. It has to be on your phone. I know it's very frustrating. I've talked to Spotify about this. They didn't respond, but I talked to them and told them this is what I needed. But I, I just, I need to know what you're thinking. I need to know where your head is at. So my question is going to be, do you think Morgan and Garcia are in a DS dynamic? That's the question. And the, like, that's, that's a poll question. Like the actual question that I need short form responses to is going to be, why do you think people are trying to change definitions to words that already have meaning for their own individual purposes? Why do you think that is? And that's all I got for that. So again, this is a short, spicy episode. It's only 25 minutes or so. So let's just wrap it up. So let's talk about where you can find the podcast. I've said all everything I have to say about those things right now. And I really want you to answer my poll questions. That's what I really want. So you answer the poll on the Spotify app. This podcast is hosted by Anchor, which is how I'm able to do that. So shout out to Anchor, shout out to Spotify. Again, it has to be done on the Spotify app on your phone. Where else can you find Monogamish Pod? Of course, on the website, monogamishpod.com, where you can get detailed show notes, some transcripts, links to lots of resources and information right there, monogamishpod.com. You can find me on Facebook at monogamishpod, on Twitter at monogamishpod, on Instagram at monogamishpod. Seems to be a trend, right? On TikTok at monogamishpod. I really post on all these platforms. I'm really bad at social media, like I said, but I be trying. I be trying or whatever. Sometimes videos go up, so you should check those out. I do have a newsletter that comes out monthly talking about what's been happening on the podcast and sometimes in the world. That's monogamishpod.substack.com to subscribe and get it in your inbox every month on the last day of the month or the first of the month. Depends on what month we're in. Sometimes the 31st, sometimes the first, just saying. So there is that. Number one, <laughs> you can support this podcast financially by going to patreon.com slash monogamish pod, subscribing for as low as $3 a month. The tiers go up to $15 where you get bonus episodes, like special content that is not posted anywhere else, et cetera, et cetera. Just saying it'll be out here, Monogamish Pod on Patreon. And you have to search patreon.com slash Monogamish Pod because it's an 18 plus platform. That's what it is. I'm so sorry. I recently took off my Anchor support feature because no one was using it, to be honest. And I'm actually going to be testing out Anchor like subscriptions for certain episodes. So you may notice two versions of the same episode floating around on other platforms just because I'm testing something out. I don't know how it's going to work as yet. I'm just saying it's a test. So this episode is actually going to be my first test on that. So there is an anchor subscription feature where you can subscribe to this podcast. I think it was $4.99 a month and you'll get certain episodes. So I'm, I'm, I'm testing it out. We're going to see. And it's still the same cost as one of my chairs on Patreon, just so you know. So you're not getting it for like, oh my God, it's like so expensive. If you sign up to the $5 tier on Patreon, it's the exact same cost. Just saying, just saying, just putting that out there. Putting that out there. This is my test. We're going to see it. You can also buy merch at monogamishpod.threadless.com. I actually might be moving my merch shop at some point. I'm getting some new designs done as well, especially for the 100th episode. So I'm so excited to release those to you all. My patrons will get a preview of that in the coming weeks before it goes live on the merch shop. So if you're not on the Patreon, you should be just saying to get that behind the scenes content. And super weird episodes for me that are Patreon only. So there is that. Said all those things. You can find me personally at Have You Met Jen on Twitter and Instagram. I do have a TikTok. Don't request me on there. I will not. I will not 
<laughs> respond. If I want you to see my TikToks, if you're not on that list, I will post it on my Instagram page. You will see it there. Of course, you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That is Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Chartable, like anywhere you get your podcast, more than likely Monogamish Pod will be there. If we are not on your favorite podcasting platform and you want us to be, let me know. Reach out and I'll make sure to put it up there. Just saying. I have all these accounts anyway for different podcasting things. I'll create the account. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll be fine. If you want to review the podcast, go ahead and do that. You can review it wherever you listen to your podcast, whatever podcast platform it is. Ratings. I think Spotify only does ratings only right now, but I think Google Podcasts is the same as well. But you can run a review on Apple Podcasts and so many other podcast platforms. Go on ahead and do that. I love to read them. If you want to share personalized feedback with me, you can send them to me via DM on the Monogamish Pod Twitter or Instagram at Monogamish Pod. Or you can write me an email, monogamishpod at gmail.com. And I will read it. I do read all the messages that are sent as it relates to actual feedback from the show, et cetera. If you're sending me weird, like spammy messages, I don't read those. I just block you. If you're sending me racist messages, I don't read those. I just block you. So, you know, constructive criticism, actual feedback, interest in appearing on the podcast. If you are a non-white person, that is totally okay too. I'm okay with being pitched for people to appear on the podcast, but I don't have white people on the show. And if you go back and listen to my catalog of 90 plus episodes, you realize I've maybe only had five white people total and two of them were on the same episode. Weird, huh? Yeah. Uh, so, and I feel like I have to say this because I've, <laughs> people always do it and it's weird, right? I, it's kind of obvious what my show is about. It's through a black Caribbean lens. That's kind of like my hashtag generic line thing. And I always get messages from white people like, Hey, um, I'd love to be on your podcast. You should have me because I'm a coach. Okay. But what does that have to do with black polyamory or black non-monogamy or polyamory that other people of color engage in? What does that have to do with anything? This is no shade to people who don't know, but also you should be doing your research. If you're pitching to be on someone's podcast, you should do the research and know what kind of show it is. Just saying, that's why I don't pitch strangers to appear on my podcast without doing the research anyway that is is all i have for today once again i'm jen this is monogamish pod i hope you have a great week and yes episode came out late because life and things but i will catch you next time xoxo bye y'all Ooh.